My name is Samar Noor. My name is Kendall Doyle. I am Nathan. I'm Joy. My name is Umar. My sign says immigrants are more thoroughly vetted than Trump's cabinet. It does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Uh, it's a reference to the film Clueless. It says facts over fear. Uh, why am I here? Because uh, it's not fair that Trump keeps on separating families. Trump says make America great again. He's not talking about us. He's not talking about people of color. I mean LGBTQ community. He's not talking about refugees. It's like America has been great and it doesn't mean great for some in a specific demographic. It means great for You're all. You're more likely to be killed by a lawnmower than a refugee. So those voices that y'all just heard are a few of the people who came out to Battery Park in New York City over the weekend. Yo, second week in a row of your presidency. <laughs> people are out in the streets. People hate you so much that they're like, it's cold outside, I'm still gonna put on pants Listen. and go outside. I'm coming from Egypt, Taiwan. Costa Rican, black and Latino. From Tanzania. My name is Anna. My name is Abdul Qadir. My name is Arcia. Vanessa. Pedro. <laughs> you remember my name? I'm 53. I'm 23. I'm 26. We're from Iran. I'm Puerto Rican. Oh, we're from India. I'm from the Caribbean, St. Vincent in the West Indies, you know what I'm saying? I am an immigrant myself, and it's outrageous for me and immortal that this guy is doing what he's doing. President, whatever, tiny hands. I'm not even using his name anymore. The new weekend now, instead of going to brunch, is finding a rally and you know being an activist. Any kind of movement has to be intersectional, so I hold myself accountable in showing up for other people in the way that they show up for my communities. I'm Lucia. Fatimata. Moncho Lopez. Ariana. Ruhi. My name is Pamela. Get your tiny hands off our immigrants. The involvement that Russia took in the outcome of this election is disturbing. It says permanent residents should not be evicted for being Muslim. So the sign says radical Muslim feminist. If I'm Iran, that's why I'm here. I was supposed to see my family soon for New Year. And I'm a permanent resident for 10 years. But then all of a sudden with one signature, I'm not allowed to go and visit my family. So I'm here to kind of resist and show that, you know, this is affecting my life. Please, Mr. Trump, leave everybody in peace. The idea of banning Muslims is really bizarre, especially considering that Muslims have been part of the American story from the start of the Republic. I think it's wrong and he's not supposed to be, um, like, banning immigrants because they want a better life. Let's put it simply, all Muslims are not terrorists. That's it. Just seeing all these people out here gives me hope. It's up to us to say, you know, economic prosperity for some should not come over the tolerance and the acceptance and the inclusiveness for all. Um, the people that can't speak up, we're all here for them. I could be home watching the Knicks lose, but I you say this is more important. No matter how cold it is, no matter what day it is, we're going to keep going out to the streets. So if you build a wall, we'll all be there to tear it down, you know? <laughs> Every time I feel defeated or frustrated, I just think about people who have come before me who've dealt with worse, to be quite honest, and they were out here and they did just this and they never gave up. You don't need to build walls, you know, they build bridges, welcome people in. Kids, this is Sephora. Hey. And she has a message here too as well. I don't want my classmates to leave because Donald Trump wants them to go to back to their state. My kids are gonna ask me where I was and what I did when all this was happening and I don't wanna tell them I sat around and did nothing.
Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. World is still alive edition. Yeah, like hanging in there. Barely. Barely. Kirk Franklin is threatening to to spray people with the chopper on Twitter. When the gospel singers are like, pull up, son. Final days. Yo, the very last day. We have a jam-packed show today because a lot is happening. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a conversation with Ahmed Ali Akbar, who you may know as the host of our sister brother podcast, Pronouns with Them and They. Yes. <laughs> See something, say something. Bah, bah, bah. Um, Shout out to our sister podcast. Yes. And also the lovely and illustrious Bim Adamunmi. Bim! Who, you know, you know her, you love her. She's on the internet. She's been on our show a couple times. And Is your shiny suit all right? Mm. Mm. America's isn't overall. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about America's dull suit. Yeah. Um, and we're also going to talk to a man named Yasha, whose parents-in-law were actually detained for over 24 hours at JFK. Um, and we're also going to give you a few tips for uh, making some popping-ass protest signs. Ooh. Yeah. It's so weird because history is, like, happening right now all around us. And I feel uh, like people are always like, you know what I would have done back then? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We have a chance to do back something then different is back now, then. motherfucker. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> exactly. So since this is such a huge idea, the bulk of our show today is going to focus on the thing that happened, but also focusing on centering Muslim voices because right now they're the ones that we should be listening to. Mm. Now, always, first of all, but mm. now more than ever. Word. So we're going to do our best to give them the microphone, put them in spotlight. And your job, listeners, is to listen. Okay, we are in Les Studes today with two of our faves from BuzzFeed and See Something, Say Something. In our lives in general, we have Miss yes. Bimford Louise, oh. or as most people know her, Bim Adamunmi. Hello. <laughs> her <Hi>. actual name. <laughs> <laughs> and Ahmed Ali Akbar, host hey. of See Something, Say Something. Hey. So we're here to talk about y'all's little president and his <laughs> executive order. Uh, because shit is crazy right now. Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen y'all in a minute and like... I've aged 15 years. Yes. <laughs> so heaven is now 22 years old. Oh my yeah. God, stop it. <laughs> and crucially, she looks 14. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so we wanted to have you two here to chat because um, we love you, first of all, and you're super fun. And um, it's really important right now to center Muslim voices because... Because Trump, that never man. happens. Because it never <laughs> happens for one and for uh, two. Like it's so important right now to listen to the people who are going to suffer the most underneath this fucking tyrant of a presidency. Um. So, first question: Do you remember like exactly where you were when you heard about the executive order? I don't think I do. First of all, can I just say very quickly mm-hmm. at the top of this, you said um, y'all's little uh, president. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to say very quickly mm-hmm. that I'm actually British. <laughs> <laughs> we have our own. In case functions. it wasn't clear, <laughs> everybody else is president. But Thank them. you. Yes, yes. Uh, we have an actual. Uh, you know, we have our own prime minister who's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Okay, so where where was okay, I? Okay, y'all started this, so... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I mean, listen, technically I'm also Nigerian, so I'm also going to put that one on the table on as the well. Homestead. I mean, you know. Um, no, I, I don't remember where I was exactly, but I remember just kind of closing my eyes and doing that um, Jean-Luc Picard kind mm-hmm. of palm to the face, like, ugh. Yeah, I think I was like in bed all day. I just like yeah. knew it was coming and I could not get up. And I was just like... Mm. I was in a way like not thinking about it, but 
even though it was happening. Mm-hmm. But like my body was like shutting down. Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, I I went to um, the Caminos who do our music. They had a concert in 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 Brooklyn for uh, immigrant South Asian immigrants, basically, and it was like perfect timing. And so I like sort of like went out and started uh, yelling a song called Sharia Law in the USA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that was very cathartic. Like I'm listening. <laughs> it must have felt like a church service. What are the lyrics to this song? Um, <laughs> the first lyric is you know it's obviously a reference on anarchy in the U- UK by the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. The first line is. I am an Islamist. I am the Antichrist. Oh my God. <laughs> that was written in like post 9 11 era. <laughs> wow. So. I am an Islamist. I am the Antichrist. Those squares can make those wanted lists, but my, my, how I stay. I didn't really think about it the first day, to be honest. I just wow. sort of like mm-hmm. was trying to not. I process it until I really had to. Mm. And now that today is like, you know, this week I really started thinking about it very, very seriously. Yeah, you said you didn't think about it the first day. Tell us about the second day. Like yeah. when you did start talking day about it, thinking about it. You're was, now 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, actually, I was I was going to see my family. So I we woke up on Saturday and just spent like the whole day talking about it, you know, around the table and breakfast with mm. my aunts and uncles who, you know, immigrated to this country in the, in the 80s. What was the conversation like? So I feel like I've gone through varying levels with my family, the older people in my family who immigrated in the 70s and 80s of like both like how they deal with uh, white supremacy and whether Mm. they'll name it, Mm. you know, like you'll be like, you know, growing up in America as a person of color, you're like, white people are crazy, (laughs) you know, all the time. It's like sort of white people, am I right? Yeah, white people, am I right? You know, that's just like the that's like just the thing that you do. That's our women be shopping. (laughs) (laughs) And my the older generation never understood that. Um, they were like, you know, white people, they've always been so welcoming to us. You know, we've never, you know, even if they say discriminatory things, mm. like they're really there for us and they care about our status as Americans. And we were having this conversation where they're like, you know what? People of color need to unite. <laughs> you know, that's like okay. what they were, they were sort of like. Woke auntie in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they definitely are waking up for sure. Like wow. I know a lot of people who are feeling that way. You can't have just suddenly been politicized. They were political, but they believed in the possibility of like basically like Muslims being accepted into Mm. mainstream, you know, like if you just work hard and, you know, are successful, like it's going to which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, textbook, like respectability politics, you know, that that would eventually work. Mm. And we've been working for 15 years Mm. and it's gotten worse, like Mm. way, way worse. So I think that was like sort of the wake up call there is like didn't matter what we did. Um, Mm -hmm. It really made no difference. Like the lives we were leading as Muslim citizens of the U.S. or or children of immigrants. Yeah, that that's definitely a thing I experienced as an immigrant where my parent the 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 distancing from other brown people at first. Yeah, Mm. yeah. They'll be like, you're Ethiopian, you're not black. And I'll be like. (laughs) <laughs> right. My black ass gets treated like I'm black, though. Yeah. So. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. But there's this move to distance yourself from the other blacks. I'm not like the other brown people. Mm-hmm. Maybe then we will be like assimilated into mm-hmm. for sure into the culture. Yeah. And now everyone's like, "Yo, fuck Donald Trump." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in the YG voice, right. fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. I feel like I should say because I've noticed that I've been very quiet this conversation. 
And as the non-immigrant in the room, I just uh-huh. feel, I just... What do you have to say for yourself, Tracy? I'm, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Explain. Uh, first of all, my immigration was forced. So <laughs> there's yeah, that. There's Let's not, remember that. We're part. not all immigrants. No. I was going to say that, that narrative not. has been so prevalent everywhere. Kind yeah. of like America is a nation of immigrants. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. actually, first of all, so shout out to the crucial. native yeah. Americans who were here. Who were literally here. They when were y'all literally got over here. here. Yeah. Shout out also to the ships. Mm-hmm. The many, many ships of people mm-hmm. that came on over. And also this idea that it was kind of like, guys, let's emigrate right. to America. For it's principles. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, no, when they <laughs> got here, they also then began clambering to get to the top mm-hmm. and like, you know, sh- shooting people down in, in an effort to do so. Like mm-hmm. the history of most nation building anywhere in the world is deeply violent. Mm. Deeply but violent, it's so yeah. benign, this whole thing of kind of like, guys, guys, we're, we're all a nation of immigrants, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, wait, what, what kind of reasonable fucking tone is that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just like the erasure involved is just ridiculous. Right. Also, speaking of like the beginning of America, I think I know I mentioned this elsewhere, but I'm reading this book called White Trash. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But they, they really did come over here and just fuck everything up they just fucked everything up so yes the whole nation of immigrant shit we need to stop that for sure it's like there are really crucial not immigrants here yeah mm-hmm. big parts of american history that you're just like ignoring and turning a blind eye to in the name of like uniting everybody for the greater good of whatever the fuck mm. and, and also it's like which immigrants and when and what mm. laws yeah, because exactly. like before 65 um there were so many like there's scores and scores of laws preventing mm. people from immigrating from mm-hmm. certain places and that's just like it's all these people who are not allowed to be a part of this nation of immigrants yeah. you know and also or, once a bunch of immigrants got here there were laws that excluded them from prospering in society couldn't become a citizen right you know if you're basically anything besides uh, white for a period of time and then black or white for a period of time you know and there's lots of and on this thing that you're talking about with like brown people wanting to be seen like separate from black people mm-hmm. you know there's all these cases of like a Japanese American and an Indian American mm-hmm. arguing in, in the Supreme Court mm-hmm. uh, that they're white mm-hmm. that we should be citizens because we're Caucasian basically mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't say black they could have said black but they mm. said white mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a very interesting and Ooh. I mean I think we all know why <laughs> I, I'm you... afraid I don't know why <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, circle back, as they like to say in, in media industry. No, I will stuff. not allow it. Let's circle back. You don't like uh, circle back? <laughs> we're not circling nowhere. We're not <laughs> getting our T's in a row, whatever, our let's, I's and our whatever. Okay, but going let's forward. Return. Move it. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, let's return to the, the executive order thing. And again, this is like one of those rare instances where I, as a black woman, I see some of the privilege that I do have, like the teaspoon, the teacup mm-hmm, of pri- mm-hmm. privilege that I do have, because it's fucked up and I feel angry and depressed, but I also know that I'm not the one who's going to suffer as a regard as as a result of this order. What are your biggest fears now? I mean, my biggest fear is is not for me. Um, I have a working visa, which is why I get to live in New York at the moment without any kind of palaver. But I also think that it's not so much about me. I am still Muslim and I'm also black. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I and you know as, as a writer on Twitter pointed out, Rahawa Haile, she she pointed out that 
I love her too. Mm-hmm. Um, that three of the seven nations in this band are African countries Mm -hmm. and the narrative of them all these seven countries in this travel ban being middle eastern is Mm -hmm. wrong and again talking about erasure that's like a very solid erasure we have libya we have sudan and we have somalia Mm -hmm. and these are african nations um and then we have also you know the iraq and the iran and yemen as well um and i just think (sighs) i'm not worried about myself i had a moment during the protest where i wanted to go down as both someone who is legally in this country Mm -hmm. and also as a reporter. And I wanted to go down to JFK and kind of record some of the the people who were protesting um, at the airport. Mm -hmm. And the thing that made me stop was, what if I was to get arrested? Oh, shit. Because I'm I'm, I'm on a visa. Yeah. Um, And that really worried me. And that immediately curtailed my ability to do my job Mm. because I was worried. And then I kept thinking, okay, Nigeria's not on the list now. Mm-hmm. But Nigeria is also the birth ground of Boko Haram. Mm-hmm. And what is to stop President Trump or anyone else adding on Nigeria to the list of countries? So I'm not so much thinking about, my, about myself in the moment. I'm thinking about myself in a constant state of flux. You know, what changes every day? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is going to further limit my rights? Or what is going to, you know, I began thinking immediately that like, can I go on holiday back to London? Or, you know, I can't, it's not like I was planning a holiday in Somalia anyway, but mm-hmm. suddenly I'm kind of like, you know, the, the stamps in my passport suddenly matter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The fact that I'm Muslim, the fact that my middle name is Arabic, you know, these are things that you think about in very kind of like flippant terms normally, but these are not normal times. Mm-hmm. So you begin to think about escalations, you know, what could happen, what will happen. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, my initial thought on the day of the protest was, oh, I want to go down there and kind of talk to people and take yeah. photos and do all this stuff. And then almost immediately the thought was, ah, mate, what if you get arrested? Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't even have to be charged mm-hmm. for that to be a blemish on my, on my, you know, on my visa. I mean, I also have, I'm also like very cognizant of my privileges as a U.S. citizen. You know, Mm -hmm. I was born here. I don't have like Pakistani dual citizenship. And Pakistan is not currently banned, Mm -hmm. although I think it is very likely impossible that it could be banned. Only a matter of time. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) because this is the first thing they did. (laughs) Right. This week one. Yeah. This is week week one. Unless something like some serious opposition actually shuts the whole thing down, Mm. I feel like it might only get worse. Mm. Um, But I'm also cognizant. Like, it's funny, Tracy, you know, hearing you talk about um, thinking about your uh, privileges because when this always, I've always um, faced extreme vetting at the border. Um, It was inconsistent, Mm. but it did happen sometimes. We used to prepare with my family uh, how can we avoid this? Because it was so traumatizing. So we would like get the like the sweetest auntie in the group. <laughs> we would, we would put, we the would most put, respectable of everyone. Yeah, we would put. And in a way, looking back, it's like we should have resisted more. But it was like very inconsistent. Sometimes I would show up on a border and they'd let me through. They'd be like, welcome to America. And I was like, OK, this is great. Um, but uh, What's about to happen? But then there was me and another cousin who had a more than anybody else in the family, we would get stopped and um, put in various levels of detention. So there's like primary screening where they're like, okay, we need you to wait while we check some things. And then there's secondary screening where they're like, we're going to put you in another in a, in a room where the first room can't see you. And what? Yeah. It's, and so this is in the airport. Yes. Usually like 
it's not like a separate place they take you? Like, what's happening? Well, mm. both it's in the airport and I'm talking about the Canada-U.S. border. Mm. So we go to see, visit people in Canada and we come back um, and we're getting stopped there. Um, and so I mostly face primary detention. I've only gone to like the secondary, secondary room like once or twice. But my cousin would often get put in secondary detention. Is your cousin a dude? Yes, he's uh-huh. also a dude, and he's also a journalist. Um, uh-huh. And he writes the song Sharia Law in the USA, by the <laughs> way. So, I, <laughs> so that's probably why he's being detained. <laughs> and so they would, you would ask, like, what's, why am I being detained? And they're like, well, your name is on a list. You probably have the same name as some bad dude out there. Mm-hmm. I heard that so many times. Um, and you would just sit there for, like, four, between two hours, six hours. You know, six hours is probably the max. That's ridiculous and no no info you're doing nothing you're doing nothing so in those six hours what if you happen to miss your flight or, yeah. or whatever well, or is I've, it only after you've landed that it happens only after I've landed right although I've missed connections I think once from like JFK uh-huh. to like Michigan back to Michigan um, but so one interesting thing about this is the whole family had strategies around it because word um, it's like a fire drill yeah <laughs> and, and like it's like scary for somebody to just like they just vanished from the face of the earth. Mm. We were supposed to get my cousin from the Canadian border. He was taking a bus over, and the bus never showed up. He didn't call. We were, my sisters were in Detroit waiting for the mm. bus for like mm. six hours. We're like, what the fuck is happening? Mm. And then we realized, of course, that they had detained him. And it's like, that's very a very scary that sc- scary thing that, like, he is a U.S. citizen. They're going to let him in. But mm-hmm. it's like... We don't really know what's happening. And that was this experience was of Trump's ban was so so crazy to me because I'm like, that's what I'm experiencing as a US born mm. person who speaks English mm. really well. It's my first language. Right. I'm like, you know, I'm not an immigrant. Um, uh, you know, and uh, we would come up with these strategies. Like like and I my ultimate thing over to my family was like, there's no strategies, guys. If they want to <laughs> harass the fuck out of you, they're gonna harass it. That's real. Right, right. My cousin would be like, Oh, let me do the talking, I'll be nice to them. <laughs> and then he would do it and then then he would get like the guy would be like, "How come you went to Pakistan? Like, you know, like what are you doing in Pakistan? You go to any camps there?" And he would be like, "Okay, I no, guess I bruh. Can. So there's no way to prevent it, you know. Mm. Really, that's what I learned as well. But and what now, are some of the things you did? Well, I didn't really do them, honestly. I'm on team like you can't do anything. It's mm. like to make you feel scared. Mm. It's not really useful for them. Mm. Um, but uh, I would like my mom for years when I was when I got my 18 year old passport. My mom was like, shave your beard in your in your passport photo. I was like, I'm gonna have a beard for probably the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's dumb. But I did, <laughs> but I did it. Um, and uh, I like kind of like after that, I realized it wasn't me. And like they were harassing me for who for a perception of who I was mm-hmm. um, and not who I actually was. So I was like, I'm not going to change who I am at the border. Like, I'm yeah. I'm not generally a confrontational person, but I, um, I'm like, so I'm not, I, I guess in a way what I'm learning now is like now that it's affecting so many people who don't have my privileges, I'm like, I should have resisted. I should have written mm-hmm. about it. I should have been like, look at what's happening to me as a U.S. citizen. Even mm-hmm. like think about all these people who are facing it and being deported or like are don't have contacts. Um, so uh I I would basically just like I basically tried to make it so I didn't answer the questions that were clearly invasive and personal and not at all about my travel mm. like um uh <laughs> Like, what does your family in Pakistan do? What is their jobs? Do they have any connection to the Pakistani military? Questions like that that I was, like, not traveling from, you know, like, a year, like UK to the U.S. has nothing to do with my travel. And mm-hmm. I would say, like, 
I don't want to answer those questions. Mm. They threaten you basically like, you know, you, you can we can det- we'll detain you even longer. And what I really should have been was like, hell yeah, detain me longer. <laughs> this is a violation of my rights. You know? right. but, but I was like kind of scared because I didn't, you know, I don't know what really, I can't contact anybody, can't tell anybody. One of the things that really changed my thinking about this is that interview I did with one of the lawyers um, from CARE. Her name is Zahra Bilu on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, On the episode we released yesterday, I asked her what can people Mm. who are not affected by the ban, which at this point includes me, besides like extreme vetting possibly, Mm -hmm. um, what can they do to help? And her first thing was like, resist. If you Mm -hmm. have the privilege, you should resist. And I realized, as someone who's been going through all, you know, sort of extra security borders questioning for years that I hadn't done that before. You know, Mm -hmm. like it was something that I could be doing and hadn't yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I've just been thinking about that a lot in the past few days and um, thinking about the people who can't resist. Right, right. So that's the interview we have at the end of the episode, right? Yes. There's a full interview on See Something, Say Something. But that that bit where I ask her what you can do, uh, we'll be putting out that at the end of this episode. Word. Awesome. Yeah, so speaking of your podcast, See Something, Say Something, I heard it's been kind of lit lately since uh, everything's gone down. Y'all got like extra episodes coming out. I really wanted to take a nap after the <laughs> live show that was last week. And then over the ha- weekend, the ban happened. And I was like, you know Yo, what? Oh, can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I guess we're releasing three episodes in one week Yo. because we need to talk about this. Y'all out here. We see you. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the woke baby at the protest. <laughs> With just oh. the scribbles. No, no, no. The baby that said, uh, I take naps. And then on the back, it was like, but I stay woke. <laughs> yeah. So we had an episode that we released yesterday called Band Together, where we talked to um, two lawyers who have been at the airports, they've been at the protests, they've been organizing. Um, and one thing that they did that I think will be useful for your listeners is uh, they gave us a list of things you can do if you mm. are not affected by the protests, but you want to help participate in like the movements mm. towards change. They really have some like really useful info, I think, for like how to think about this as like something that it's going to be with us for many years. Mm-hmm. This is week one, yeah. and it's so much has already happened. So um, we're going to put that at the end of this episode because um, it's important. Everybody needs to hear it. And also we have some very nice, well-intentioned white listeners who I'm <laughs> sure can benefit from hearing that. we we'll also That's stay writing emails. It. That's why we asked them. <laughs> I put it all in one place. All right. Yeah. But <laughs> if you are not subscribed to see something, say something, do it right now. You should have done it yesterday, but we forgive you. But uh, do it now because it's important to all your friends. Um, thank you so much for stopping by and hanging out in the studio. Thank stoop. you for having me. Yeah, Long time fan. Aww, <laughs> I love your faces. They just make me happy. Stude Bugs. Yes. Okay, so next time can you guys come back and we can like play a game or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah this is a lot. I really hate that I have to talk about serious stuff all yeah. the time. I know. Yeah. Come back and do the fun uh, thing. I just came in to have a good time and I'm feeling honestly so attached. <laughs> <laughs> come back for games with friends. We will make it up to you and uh, um, a thing that I recently realized is that there are not a lot of podcasts that center Muslim voices. Yeah. I asked for Rex on Twitter and all of the Rex were see something, say something. Yeah. <laughs> there are two others I can think of that are There's that are good, good Muslim, bad Muslim. Right. Hosted by Zara Nurbaksh and uh, Taz Ahmed out in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really strong, badass feminist uh, podcast. And hey. then there's 
identity politics, which had an, a name Hawa Wa Iman before, which is two black Muslim women um, talking about black Muslim identity. What um, Run by Alt Muslima. Um, that's also pretty good. We're trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get them on the show. Uh, we haven't yet, but that's definitely on our list. Okay. Y'all out here. Yeah, subscribe to all of these shows, especially see something, say something, and tell all of your friends and family and your internet people to listen because this is this is important for the revolution and the resistance. And it's just fun. Yeah. All right. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. We got to go pay some bills. We'll be back, though. We'll be back. Don't worry. So we had a chance to talk to a man named Yasha. Yasha is from Iran, Uh and he asked to only use his first name for probably obvious reasons. Yes, which naturally we're going to honor. So Yasha and his wife went to the airport to pick up his wife's parents, who his parents-in-law. They had not seen their in-laws in over three years. Mm. And it was to be a normal thing. We're going to go fly and see our family. We'll spend some time and then we'll fly back home. A thing that many of us, privileged enough to do this, do Mm. every day, all the time. But once they landed, Yasha found out that they were to be detained. They ended up being detained for 30 hours. Mm. 30 hours in an airport with no bed. And he was kind enough to sit down with us and tell us his story. And he told us where he found hope in the whole ordeal, which is amazing to me because hope would not be a thing that I would expect to see in this situation. Just so much is happening right now. Can you tell us a little bit what what your story is? So it began with uh, my parents-in-law wanted to visit us because we are here about like uh, from, I think it's August 2013. Mm. So it's about three years and a half. And we cannot leave country because we are in single entry visa. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know what that means, because it's like you enter the USA and you cannot leave. If you leave, you need to uh, apply for visa again. Mm-hmm. So don't want to risk that because it, it's, you may get not, you know, uh, the visa or it may have some delay. So you may miss a semester or so. And that's mm-hmm. like, you know. That doesn't, uh, it's really risky. So, How long does it, it take once you apply for a visa? About how long does it take until you get approved? So, so it depends. Usually, I mean, at least they, two, three months for mm. Iranians. It can go up to one year. So it's unbelievable. Like, oh, wow. I have a friend that waited about like one year to mm. get into his PhD program. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's and it's it's not like you know that you apply and you get like one two three weeks. So it's, it's some kind of this this betting. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents in law was uh, like uh, applied. I think at uh, mid of the May, and they got approved after five months in October. Oh wow! So in late of the October. So they got the visa, I think, at January 4th. Mm-hmm. And they got this and visa spe- so, specifically to come visit you and your wife here in the States? Yes, on uh, uh, tourist visa, yeah. Okay. That's like, so at, at January 4th, uh, 4th they get uh, the visa, and they wanted to come to visit us like for one month, for more one month or two. Mm-hmm. What were you trying to do with your parents? So we wanted them to actually show them uh, basically like New York so mm-hmm. and uh, spend time together like uh, to get hope that 
they will come and you you just disappointed and that makes my wife like cry for like I don't know like for 30 hours mm-hmm. she cried she happy I was so worried you know some point you think like it's really not a good situation so because you you know you don't know what's happening over there some rumors came that they 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 deported and uh, it was it was really hard like there seems to be a lot of misinformation, even just by the people who are executing yes. these orders. What yes. Yes. what did you experience at the airport, and what was that wait like? So actually, um, so we we arrived like at eleven thirty. Like we expect them to to uh, to come like about. Usually it's JFK, so we heard that it took like maybe two two three hours. Mm-hmm. But when I when we arrived, we noticed with other. Iranian that they don't let Iranian to come out. So when you got to the airport to meet your parents-in-law, you knew that there was a potential that they there may be yeah, some trouble. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, but we we were hopeful because the executive order when they signed, mm-hmm. it was like in some oh. kind of like a flight because that's a very long you know flight. So mm-hmm. you need to. We don't have like a straight flight to USA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at that point, uh, we we you know you you knew something, but you don't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We 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 went there, and at at that point that we knew that they don't let the green card holder mm-hmm. come out. We we you know we know that that's a really hard situation. How are you getting this information? Because there were lots of people waiting hours ago. Mm. Like, so you were talking uh, with like the other the, families. Yes, there was. They, they were here, and uh, we we talked together and mm. find out they were there like for three, four hours. And they, because at that point, I think uh, they like the 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 officials over there didn't even know if they can uh, put the game card holders out or no. You know what I mean? Mm. Because it was some kind of miscommunication between them and like. Uh, administration or something like that. And we were so devastated at that point. Mm. And we were waiting just like uh, others. And like at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., mm. like uh, some some lawyers show us up. Mm. Like, uh, and they say, do you want us to work for you? And we said, why not? Like, let's give it a shot. So at this point, you know that your parents are going to have, they're not going to release them, right? Yes. And uh, and uh, my wife went and talked to somebody there, and they and I think they told her that uh, all uh, all uh, the visiting visa will be deported. So we know that they will be deported at that time. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, and uh, like my wife was crying and asked just for for a minute to visit. Yeah, uh, just to see her. She wanted just to, and I mean I don't blame them because that's this situation you know you usually have some routines because Mm -hmm. they say if it happens you do this if it happens you do this Mm. but usually they they you know that's some unusual also for like the custom border people because they don't know what to you know what to do with this some some kind of uh uh law because they they don't allow uh, obviously, th- that people to go other, you know, yeah. over the border. So it sounds like it was pretty chaotic over there. Yeah, I mean that was like uh, from from the outside, you don't see like because we are at the terminal one. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even know at that time there is some protests at terminal four. Okay. Mm. Mm. Were you surprised to see the protesters? 
Yes, I mean, like, uh, it, was, it, it was good. I think, I don't know how impact they, they have, but mm-hmm. I think that was helping because there are lots of people there, like uh, protestant. Uh, oh. And uh, I mean, and the lawyers was like unbelievable. Like I, I don't know what to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like so. When did you when uh, did you meet the lawyers? Did they find you or did you find them? Yeah, actually, actually, they they found us. These lawyers came at us and say, okay, we know that these these situation. We have some other people's at terminal at other terminals, and do you want to file on behalf of us and got the, our information? Wow! And also, I mean, at the night there was about like maybe 40 people i don't know like mm. and you can see from the pictures at the terminal for there are lots of people like i mean these people you don't believe it i think they are like some kind of heroes some kind of unnamed heroes i mean there was a lawyer that i i heard that he has like they are also in practice i mean they have real and really probably pay good paid job in manhattan you know what i mean it's not new city so when you're a lawyer Look at Manhattan. Usually, they they should have. So they came like to work to at at the like Saturday Sunday to work for us for free. Yeah, there's a lot of photos of them in in the food court and just setting up shop and mm. yeah, forty yeah. lawyers. That's a lot. At some point, you think this is uh, the history of USA. I mean, the people comes together. I even I even ask uh, one in a lawyer, it is possible. That some federal judge, like you know, making uh, the executive order inactive even for others, and just mm-hmm. say oh, we 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 will try. But I, you know what I mean? With some kind of feeling that uh, it's like you tried and you hope for the best. So these lawyers, they uh, worked with you and your wife, and your parents-in-law were eventually released, right? Yes, they were detained for about like 30 hours, maybe. 30 hours. Maybe more. And you were there the whole time yeah. waiting on them to be released, right? Yes, yes. We were there the whole time from 11.30 a.m. Saturday up to 3, 4 p.m. on Sunday when they released. That's such a long time. How mm-hmm. were the people who work at the airport, the people who were detaining your parents-in-law, were they nice to you? Were they kind? What were they like? How were you treated while you were there? So... So because uh, we we couldn't contact them for about like uh, I think seven to eight hours. So after that, we just have until they release. We had about like three to four phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, my our parents said that they were nice people, but they they didn't. Uh, uh, it seems uh, I don't because I wasn't, you know, at the other side. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my parents-in-law uh, told us that they were nice. They if they even don't like to to you know treated them like this. But you know that's the law. So <laughs> they didn't have. Uh, but they was detaining at the room that there is no bed, and they also checked the the. The cell phones? I don't know because it's my. I just uh, came like four years ago here. Mm. I don't know if now is the thing that they can check your cell phone to see. No, that's not what's a thing. going on. <laughs> yeah, no, they, should, they I should don't not know, have right? done that. No. <laughs> what do you What do you want people to know about your family's experience? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's 
A lot of people don't have to deal of, with with immigration or with the whole visa process and I mean, cause, feel cause, very cause removed like, from this. I mean, even it's not the immigration, right? I mean, there they are people that I know have more extreme experience mm. because they were waiting for the wife. They were waiting for like they they very old parents, mm. and these people like these people aren't harmful, you know. Even a gentleman came out and he was like, I think eighty or ninety. I mean, how harmful wow. can be this guy? And also, there are some refugees. I mean, there are some refugees. These people like they they flew to come from the countries, you know, and they. They they deport them. I don't know like what mm-hmm. to say. So after after thirty hours, your parents in law are finally let go. How did you feel once you saw them? I mean, we were like my wife is like uh, was crying again, but I think it was like from happiness. But yeah, it was so unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. it was some kind of magical, some kind of. I cannot even explain. Mm-hmm. We don't actually, uh, we don't actually believe now that they are here mm. because uh, because we get some hope. It was at that moment. I mean, that was that was uh, really one of one of the happiest moments of our life. I but I think that was like, but I think that's like that's a very brief time for the because you know my parents went to went to embassy like in January 19 mm-hmm. and they also wanted to come like visit us the summer mm-hmm. uh, we don't know we don't know what what would happen because from now on like uh, based on this law they cannot visit right um, so it's so, so what would you moving forward how are you th- approaching the situation and what should our listeners know about what they should be paying attention I mean, to. I'm going to tell, like, go for what you believe in. Everything is possible. I mean, that's that's basically my my experience is, like, if we people believe in something, mm. we can come together and make things happen. I mm. think this, this, is what, this is what makes USA great. This is, I mean, if I, if I can tell, like, USA in one sentence, I would tell, like... Uh, it's it's where the place, the people have the power to come together and make things happen. Mm. We are so glad that you were treated well. We're so glad that you have your parents-in-law. And we are so, mm-hmm. so privileged to have you talk to us. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sharing your story. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Baby, come through. You deserve rounds tonight. Tracy, I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you buying around for? Okay, so you know, you know, I love me like a good, fun pop jam, mm-hmm. bop, right? Um, and I have a new one in my life. Is that it? Is, is it Carly Slade Jepsen again? It is not. Okay. It is a one Bruno Mars. Oh. He's adorable. He's adorable. He has a new album out called 24 Karat Magic. Mm-hmm. And there's a song that made me think of you, Tracy. Oh. And I'm going to play it for you because it's so much fun. Okay. And I was just talking about before we started recording how much 
in Trump's America, I'm going to be about a bright color. Yeah. You know, a pop of color, Inject as they say. Inject some sunshine in this dreary-ass dystopian landscape. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be out here. Mm-hmm. Shining. Uh, I'm currently in the brightest shirt I've ever worn. Yeah. She's in, like, this beautiful, like, marigold sweater. And then with the purple lip, it's just Ooh. Like, bam. Fuck it up, heaven. Fuck, Fuck it, it up, up, heaven. <laughs> Fuck it up, heaven. <laughs> We are out here tripping in finesse. Yes. Uh, you know it, you know it. <laughs> I love it. I love the, the return to the 90s New Jack Swing. Yes. More New Jack Swing. I want to like roll up in like a motorcycle squad <laughs> with my girls. <laughs> right? It's a good round. I approve. Who are you buying around for, Chase? Um, I am buying around for taking my shoes off. Ooh, you do be taking your shoes off. I don't have on shoes as we speak. So I, I respect your sock game too. I'm trying to I'm trying to step it up because honestly you. my sock game is not as weak. It's pretty weak. So but talk to so for people who don't work at BuzzFeed <laughs> What are you talking about? So um Why are I, your feet out? <laughs> my feet well they're not all the way out. I'm wearing house shoes, some little fuzzy slippers because I find that I'm more productive when I'm comfortable. And shoes are cute and everything, but I don't, if I'm, like, sitting down, I just don't like the feel of them on my feet. Absolutely. I was in a bar once. Oh, Lord. That <laughs> <laughs> was so embarrassed because it's, it's like muscle memory. I go somewhere, I sit down, and I take my shoes off. Wait. So, this was, like, the third bar of the night. So, I'm a little, I'm a little... I'm a little warm splash. about that. Yeah, you know. Whatever that young man <laughs> verb is. <laughs> a little warm in the liver, we can say. Ooh. And, so, <laughs> and but um, I was wearing like these really tall black boots that I had to like unzip to get off. Okay, Tracy. And so, I mean, that was cute. But <laughs> obviously when you walk past, you see these big ass boots not on my feet. Mm. Then you notice that I'm just in here in public wow, with no okay. shoes on. I just realized what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> what those fly ass shoes I was distracted oh. were the shoes you took off in yes the, at a those bar. are the shoes that I took off you just lay them about and I didn't even notice <laughs> heaven that I took off my shoes until a waiter walked by and he was like you know <laughs> it was like I, I appreciate you being comfortable but it's, it's a bar can you make yourself like, uncomfortable in here, you know? and I was like you know what you're right that's fair taking off my shoes feels the same as taking off your bra at the end of the day Ooh. or taking off your pants when you come just like bam you know, and I can't really. I'm That's sorry, the noise like, they make. <laughs> <laughs> How many boobs are in this bra that you up? <laughs> they're just whipping just them out. The, just bouncing and swaying in the breeze. Yeah, they're like, freedom. <laughs> Hair's blowing in the wind. <laughs> That's how it feels when I take my, my, my feet my off. My feet off. <laughs> I feel that, Tracy. Yeah, so shout out to not wearing shoes. Mm. If you If you can take off your shoes right now, you should do it. I really, really respect your determination to be comfortable everywhere that you are. I mean, if you want me to in be productive. In any space that you are in. That's, you're damn right. It's revolutionary, it Tracy. Is. It <laughs> is. I'm a revolutionary. Who your take fuzzy off socks are revolutionary. In your restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy. 
Tracy Wee Mate. Hey, hey, hey. 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 Every we day did it, that man. song gets more and more relevant. Uh, a thing <laughs> that I have to remind myself more often since y'all's little president mm. uh, started squatting in the White House mm. is that um, that your being alive is proof that there has never been anything that has happened on this earth that you have not survived before. Mm. I have to tell myself that a lot. I hear your voice saying that to me every day. Oh. We made it. <sighs> Tracy, we made it. <laughs> Yo, this has been an incredible episode, and we really want to give a shout-out to all the people that made it happen. Mm-hmm. Super, super big, huge thank you to the people who were out protesting and took time out of their busy schedule of literally fighting for the future of this world mm. to talk to us. We Word. really, really appreciate it. Shout-out to y'all. Couldn't have done this without the help of tons and tons of people. Starting with the amazing Amin Ali Akbar and Bim Adewunmi. Definitely listen to See Something Say Something. It's awesome. It's amazing. And these, once again, are the voices that you really, really, really need to listen to right now. It's really, really important that you listen to the excerpt from See Something Say Something that we're going to play because it's got some great directives and what you can do yourself to help people out. Also, subscribe. Um, you can follow Amit at RadBrownDaz on Twitter and Bim at B-I-M-A-D-E Derbia. That's W <laughs> for those who don't know how to speak country. We'd also like to thank Sal Hernandez and Yasha, whose family we're so glad is safe. And yes. Sal is the one who put us together. Pray. So shout out to reporters and shout out to people being safe. Mm-hmm. And shout out to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. This episode. Oh, that was beautiful. Okay. All right. All this right. episode <laughs> was produced by Nina Paddock and Julia Farland with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer and production support from Chiquita Pascal. Shout out to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray and Don Will from the Almighty Tanya Morgan. You can follow them both respectively at Jean Greasy and Don Will. Shout out to Tracy. Hey, it's me. You can follow me on Twitter if you want to. I don't know. I just be tweeting. Put her tweet on a sign. Yes. Um, can I brag a little bit for a second, guys? Yo, talk your shit, Tracy. So a certain someone on Twitter, um, her name is Alicia Johnson, and she tweeted a picture that, of course, I'm going to put in the newsletter. And of course, I'm going to put it on like a T-shirt and wear it what for the rest it? of my life. So, someone, so she was at her protest in New York City, and mm. someone... Their sign, their protest sign, was a tweet of mine that they had blown what? up and printed out. Wait, which tweet? Um, could <laughs> be anything. I know when I first recognized this is a tweet of mine, my, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I've embarrassed my entire country. But the tweet, I'm imagining it's one of the like tweets to Barack. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was afraid of. But like one of the more salacious ones. Yeah. Thankfully, it was not that. Uh, it was a tweet that just said "checks and balances." Where y'all at? Mm. And so she took a picture of it and at? she said, "I'm saying." Put her tweet on a sign, damn it. Preferably all the tweets that say Tom Hanks is a black man. Yes. Put those on there. <laughs> Take it out into the streets. That has nothing to do with anything, but I will allow it. You can follow me at Heaven Rants. Occasionally, I will rant. Yeah. Put our tweets on the sign, too. Um, you can find us on Facebook, email, and Twitter at Another Round, Another Round at BuzzFeed.com. Another Round on all the things. Another Round on all the things. Rate us on iTunes. Tell a friend. It's very, very important to the show. It's how podcasts grow. And we want our little baby to keep, you know, growing. Motor skills. All that stuff. Motor skills and all that stuff. <laughs> to see how our baby's doing, subscribe to our newsletter. Subscribe to our newsletter at BuzzFeed.com slash Another Round slash newsletter. Yes, drink some water, take your meds, call your person, keep your head up. Floss. Floss. Stretch and meditate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you popping. Mm-hmm. 
So for this mini episode, I'm going to talk to two lawyers about how the immigration ban happened and also get some practical advice for all the different types of people who are affected by it and want to make things better. Zahra Bilu is a civil rights lawyer and community organizer who leads the California chapter of the Council of American Islamic Relations. Welcome, Zahra. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, welcome, Zahra. I'm sorry, I keep on desifying everyone's name. <laughs> it's really, I mean, I'm Desi, so I, I get it. Okay, okay. Um, and we're also joined by Ramzi Qasim. He's a professor of law at CUNY School of Law, where he directs the CLEAR Project, which stands for Creating Law Enforcement Accountability and Responsibility. Thanks for being here, Ramzi. Thank you. Um, and I should also disclose that my sister <laughs> used to work with Rumsey at Clear years past. Shout out to Amna. Uh, part of the reason why I invited Rumsey in here is Clear released this really amazing infographic about what to do if you think you're affected by the Muslim ban. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, and Zahra, you've been involved in organizing uh, over on the West Coast, right? And litigating. I, I'm not sure which coast we're on or what day of the week it is anymore, and I thank Donald Trump for throwing me off. But yes, we are organizing out here. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, Zahra, you started talking about this with the uh, resisting at the border. But how are people that are not affected the, by the ban, like myself, or like even, you know, non-Muslim folks who are just like, there's so much passion uh, in the United States around the protests? Like, what do you think is the most effective way to help counter this policy? for, you know, people who are just listening in. I'm going to give them a list. Okay. Yes, please. We love lists here at BuzzFeed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, assuming no protest. Well, okay. If there is not a protest, no, no, I mean, there's nothing. Protests no, 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 but I was going to say, if, there's not, if there isn't a protest, there's nothing stopping, one, stopping anyone from organizing one. Something that we've said all week is we are stretched so thin on the legal and community education piece pick up a sign and show up somewhere. And people have been, and it's been really heartwarming. So do that. The second thing is to call your members of Congress and ask them to oppose Donald Trump's nominations and speak out against the executive order. I know that people have been saying, oh, like the lines have been booked up. You would be surprised at how many like American citizens I meet who don't know that they have two U.S. senators or how to reach them or any of that. And so Call your elected officials immediately. I would say the third thing is recognizing that like some of this stems, oh, actually, no, a lot of this, particularly from the Trump administration, stems from Islamophobia. And so one of the best ways I would suggest that people can be allies is to bring, the, to host a conversation about the executive order, about Islamophobia, about what Muslims are experiencing at their workplace, at their place of worship, um, you know, at a book club. But have those conversations if you're if you're feeling that, if you're feeling concerned so that we can raise awareness. It always gets me how many people don't understand what it's like to have the FBI knock on your door or to not know if your pregnant wife who has been missing for six hours is getting deported or coming through to, to finally come home, right? And so having conversations like this, hosting events, inviting Muslim speakers and other allied lawyers to, to, to talk about this to new audiences is important. The last thing I'll say is every single organization that is doing this has staff on the ground who haven't slept in weeks, right? Like they're stretched so thin. And so people who care should also just put their money where their mouth is and make their donations to to Clear, to Care, to Asian Law Caucus, to ADC, right? But like that is both going to enable the work and communicate to the workers that we care about you and we're with you on this. I, I, I echo. 
every single one of those, um, and, and I'll add two. I'll okay. say, you know, the, the first thing is you have to sustain your passion. Um, one of my biggest concerns, frankly, is that the level of interest and passion and apparent commitment to pushing back uh, is going to die down with time. And these policies, their effect is going to continue. Uh, and so sustain your passion. You, you have to do, it, do what you need to do to pace yourself, but to make sure that you're there not just today and tomorrow, but a year from now and two years from now and perhaps even longer, right? For as long as it takes uh, to, to make sure that we're opposing this consistently and whatever else comes out of the Trump administration consistently and effectively. I'm concerned that people's interest is going to fade and that that's how normalization will gradually set in. Uh, and so we have to be aware of that from the beginning, and we have to be deliberate about um, staving that off and, and sustaining our passion and our commitment to resistance over the long term, because we're in this uh, for the long haul. Um, and the only other thing I'll say is, in addition to, to monetary contributions, which I completely agree with, with Zara, are, are necessary for, for CARE, for CLEAR, for all the other organizations that are doing this, um, you know, you can contribute in kind as well if, if, if you're affluent. Farsi or Arabic speaker tonight, mm. the lawyers yeah. who are at Terminal 4 in JFK tonight need people on the phone even who can uh, interpret into or from Arabic and Farsi. Um, if, if you're a good cook, cook some meals, take them over there. If any, any service that you can provide, translation, interpretation, any kind of volunteer service that you can provide, administrative support, any of that can be used by the organizations who are trying to do some of the legal work and most importantly, organizing uh, protests and, and, and sustaining a presence uh, there in those spaces. Thank you so much, guys. This like there's I feel like I learned a lot about everything. There's so much I did not know. And uh, I think a lot of our listeners will benefit from from that. And also, of course, the work you guys are doing um, at uh, the, the airports on the West Coast and the East Coast. Um, so uh, Zara or Zahra, um, where can people if people want to follow along with care, what they're doing and you, uh, how can they do so in the days to come? I think that the I hmm, the best ways to, to keep in touch with CARE are going to be by following CARE on Facebook and Twitter so they can just look us up as CARE National and then I'm posting live updates from the West Coast as we get them so they can follow me on Twitter at Zahra Bilu. And Ramzi, how about yourself and CLEAR? Um, for CLEAR, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, our Twitter handle is CUNY uh, underscore CLEAR C-U-N-Y underscore CLEAR uh, you can also check out our website, uh, www.cuniclear.org. So we'll link to all of that in the episode description, and we'll also link to CLEAR's uh, guidelines for if you feel like you're being affected by the travel ban. Um, thank you both for being with us. It was really, really enlightening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Us. Us. 